Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. He's worthy. He is worthy of our praise. He is worthy of our worship. Listen, he's worthy of a shout of joy. Lord, we praise you today. Lord, we give you glory. Lord, we give you honor. Lord, we give you our worship. We thank you, Lord. Just thank him today. Thank you, Lord, and thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for all that you've done for us. Thank you, Lord, and just tell him I, I worship you, Lord. I praise you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. I give unto you, Lord. You are worthy of my worship. You are worthy of my praise. In Jesus' mighty name, church shouts. And amen. Praise you, Lord. All right, give me as much as you can without making me peek. So I don't have to, I don't like to give any effort that I don't have to give. I'm I'm a procrastinator and I'm lazy. Those are two of my attributes that I'm trying to find in the Bible. It's not working out for me so far. Are you ready for this this morning? Amen. I hope that you are ready. Isaiah 43, 24, it says this. You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me. Now turn me down just a little bit. Everybody like the retro chic floor? Well, the new look, temporarily. You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me. What that means is you have not bought any sweet cane for me. You have not bought any sugar for, uh, for me with your money. Now, this is, this is a deeply obedient believer right here. Is one who hungers and thirsts for righteousness, Matthew 5, 6. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night, Psalm chapter 1, verse 3. You have not bought any fragrant calamus for me is the opposite of that. Somebody who's real, listen, they are maybe holding on to a tacit form of Christian faith, but they don't lavish things on God. Second part of the verse, or lavished me, lavished on me the fat of your sacrifices, but you have burdened me with your sins and wearied me with your offenses. So in other words, you bring me all of your junk, but you don't bring me any of the good stuff. You ever had a friend like that? Man, everybody in the place. Everybody in the place has had a friend like that. They don't ever actually do anything for you, but you are their personal wailing wall. You're the one who they come to for help. They never actually come and help you do yard work, but when they need to help you, when they need help moving, they come to you. They have not bought any fragrant calamus for you or lavished on you the fat of their sacrifices, but they have burned you with their sins and wearied you with with their offenses. Don't have a relationship with God like that. We are talking about deep obedience this morning. Deep obedience. 
If you want to win the culture war that we are in, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. If you want to win the war that we are in for this country and even for this world, you are going to have to hunger and thirst after righteousness, not just tacitly follow God. Lord, I blew it again and get it right. Lord, I blew it again and I get it right. Don't you, how many, how, that, you're like that friend. Lord, I come to you again. I blew it again. I went four consecutive weeks without dropping F-bombs, but I did it again today. And, that, and there's nothing wrong with coming to God and getting things right. But if that's all you do, understand that you're a baby with your thumb in your mouth, and it is a very poor relationship with God. By all means, get your life right. This is a full gospel church. If you don't get your life right, if you've not turned from your sin, believe me, you're going to a sinner's worm-ridden hell. That's a fact. I know that's not popular preaching anymore, and that's why I preach it. This is what you call what Fox, used, Fox News used to be, fair and balanced. <laughs> don't have a relationship with God where all that you bring him is your poop. You never serve God. You, how do you serve God, by the way? Anybody know? You serve God in the church. Oh, that sounds self-serving. Yep. <laughs> Only Jeff found that to be funny. Oh, there's one of those pastors. You know, he's got some, he's got some different, you know, motivations, some devious, I don't have any devious motivations. The only venue for serving God, what's so funny, is the church. What's so funny is people. I used to see these organizations a lot more when I went to other churches. Since I blow them off now, I don't see them. But I used to see these organizations and these, even these Christian bands, and they hate the church. But where do they try to book their concerts? If you ever want to be anything for God, it will have to come through the body of Christ. But there's people there. Yeah, there's people there. They're imperfect. Have you ever looked at yourself? Obviously not. If you ever want to be anything, you're gonna have to come through me or somebody like me. Quiet in here. That must offend a whole lot of people. Well, you know, I'm, I'm gonna start my organization. and you know, Yeah, you're gonna try to book yourself at churches. The very thing that you hate, you depend on. I've seen this my entire Christian life since 1987. If you want to be obedient to God, you want to be more than just a religious person, somebody that just brings their minutia to God, you've got to learn to serve God. Well, I tried and I was offended. Well, you, you, let me ask you this. Do you think that I'm ever offended by you? You think I am? I keep showing up. Why is, it, why is it that the pew sitter has license to leave whenever they want? But the pastor doesn't. And if I did, you'd be offended. If you skip for a month, no problem, because you're, you have a boo-boo on your feelings. 
But if I skip for a month, you know, well, what's, she, what's she doing? Is she getting paid still? Tom, you seem like you might be hardened about, not hardened at all about the church. I'm still here. Got saved in 1987. Still in the church. I've ushered in the church. I've choired in the church. I've cleaned in the church. I've mowed yards in the church. I've visited old folks' homes in the church as a ministry team member. I've witnessed on the streets in the church, all under the authority of pastors. Imperfect pastors. You're going nowhere until you submit to one. Whoops! Have you noticed you haven't gone anywhere? Or are you not honest with yourself? Well, I have a booming ministry. Where? Why have I not heard of you? Where is it exactly? Are you a pastor of pastors who's never pastored? We'd like to, uh, I've had this happen before, Tom. We'd like to have you come under our wing. We're a pastor of pastors. Oh, really? Where, what was your latest church and how many people did you have attending? Oh, well, we've never actually pastored a church. Take your ministry and shove it up your own caboose then, on your way out my door. I'm going to be pastored by somebody who's never pastored? You know why people are pastors of pastors? Because they can't submit to pastors. So they're going to pastor the pastors. <laughs> well, the, I've just known some arrogant pastors. Well, who are you? You're never arrogant? You're never moody? You know, why are you bringing all this up? Because you'll never go anywhere except inside the church. It's God's way. It's Jesus' body, whether you like it or not. I'll quote Ric Flair one more time. You may not like it, but you had better learn to love it because it's the best thing going today. Woo! Instead of bringing God your worst, and by the way, bring him your worst, but don't make that your relationship with him. You bring God your worst, you get things right, and then you go out and do whatever you want to do until you blow it again, never serving, never sacrificing, never praying, never seeking him first, never healing, never restoring, never saving the lost, and then you blow it again, you went back out to the bar, slept with a woman, and then you come to God again. I blew it again, Lord. Had a bad night with porn again, Lord. That's all that you bring to him. Don't have a relationship with that, like that with God. Bring him your time instead. Bring him your priority and say, Lord, you are priority one. I'm scared to do that. People will say, I'm scared to do that because who knows what God would ask me to do. Who are you? Are you Lord or is he? Do you know what my mind and what my body tells me to do? It tells me to lay around and move to Montana and ski down hills. That's what my body tells me to do. That's what my carnal mind tells me to do. My carnal mind tells me to jettison humanity. Anybody else? Especially since 2020. I, listen, we've seen it over the last few years. People are incredibly stupid. The, the realm of galactic stupidity that can be reached unto by a human being is unfathomable. 
Inside, I'm like, I'm done. I'm leaving. Never to be. What is the most conservative state in the union? Let's see here. I believe it's Wyoming, because they just kicked out Liz Cheney by 38%. So, hey, I'll just, I'll just move there to the side of some mountain and just pretend like there's nobody else that exists but me. That, that's not God's plan for you. God's plan for you is not isolation, it's immersion. Get in there with people. You're like, eesh, well, you're the same thing. Ask people around you, people who are not yes men, people who are not afraid of you. Do I irritate you ever? Ask them. You know why I don't ask? Because I don't want to know. I already know the answer. I already know. But bring God your time. Bring him your priority. Get ready now. Now, A lot of people will never preach this. Bring God your money. Oh, there's a pastor after my money. If I'm after your money and I have evil motivations, then God will deal with me. God will smoke me out of ministry. God will expose me. Every, mon- every ounce of money, every dime that you gave to a corrupt pastor in tithes and offerings were blessed unto you. You don't have to worry about it. If the guy or woman turns out to be corrupt, it doesn't matter to you. Am I saying that if you know the person is outright corrupt, give to them? Absolutely not. But don't be so hard-hearted that you're like, I'm not giving to anybody because you are robbing God, not anybody else, but God first. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Bonus, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sake so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the fields, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi 3, 8 through 11. You're gonna say no to God? Go right ahead. Join the Biden economy. First ever in history that had a tampon shortage, a diaper shortage, a baby formula shortage. Highest inflation in 40 years. Highest CPI in 40 years. Go ahead. I say no to that. I pay my tithe, and I just jump into God's economy. I'm never lacking for anything. Oh, there's another one of those prosperity preachers. That's right. Prosperity preacher, healing preacher, hellfire brimstone preacher, full gospel preacher. You want to prosper? You pay your tithe. You don't want to prosper? Don't. And some of you, listen, this is for some of you now, this is gonna hurt. 
offense alert. Some of you stop, need to start li- stop, stop living with a poverty mindset. Are you somebody who's always looking for two for one? Well, I, you know, I, once I saw that opportunity, buy one, get one, pogo. Am I saying not to take advantage? But are you a tight wad? Do you give crappy gifts to people? Well, here's something I don't use anymore, so here you go. I know it's really outdated. You give a lump of crap tech gift to somebody, a computer that's no longer compatible with anything. Because you are such a freaking tightwad that you will not spend money on anybody. Stop being a tightwad. Stop looking. Why don't you start believing for provision? Start believing for prosperity where you don't have to worry about pogos. You sit there and you make your life about pogos and buy one, get ones and two for ones. You make your whole life about the sale of sales. You put yourself in that mindset. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever man sows, that shall he also reap. Have you noticed you never prosper? But, you, but I'm constantly saving money. You, but you never prosper. You have the, you're constantly saving money, but your bank account's the exact same as it was 10 years ago. Quiet in here. There's a few people getting it. You should see some of the stone, cold faces I'm looking at. You're just a tightwad. Submit it. That's why you never prosper. You can be a tightwad and a tither too. All right, I'll tithe. If you even hesitate, you're a tightwad. If you even hesitate, your priorities are out of line. Every dime I get, there is not a hesitation. At least, I repeat, at least 10% goes to God. Now, not tomorrow. Now I'm going to pay my bills first. And if I can make it, I'm supposed to live by faith. So bring God your money. For the, listen, what's the root of all evil? And then most Christians don't tithe. Whoops. Bring him being the church instead of attending the church, but I've already covered that. Romans 12.1, therefore I urge you brothers in view of God's mercy to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do you not know, 1 Corinthians 6.19, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You are bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. You're not your own. You're a love slave to God. Romans chapter 6, 21 and 22. Listen, you are a slave anyway to God. Listen, I submit to that slavery. Yahweh is worthy of a living sacrifice. It's not a democracy. Give it all up. Take no thought for your life is what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 25. Take no thought. How many of you is that's all you think about? 
what you shall eat, what you shall drink, what you put on. Jesus said, take no thought for these things. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into the barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? Who by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Matthew 6, 25 through 27. No man can serve two masters, for either he will love the for either you will hate the one and love the other, or else you will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Amen. Preceding verses, Matthew 6, 24. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? Matthew 6, 23 and 24. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Proceeding three verses, Matthew 6, 19 through 21. It's all about perspective. What's most important to you will be your harvest. If you want the abundance of God, then bring God your best. And that includes your money, even if the pastor's corrupt. Again, not if you know he's corrupt, but if you've been victimized by the corrupt in the past. We all have been. Right here, watch, ready? It's not hard. Some of you need a crowbar. Some of you need to pick a strong friend. Stop. It's you if you're run by your moods, by the way. I like to always throw that to you. I don't care what label you put on run, being run by your moods. Bipolar, depression, doesn't matter, you're run by your moods. I know anxiety attacks are real. I know depression is real, but that's all because of seed that's been planted. If you weren't so sold out to yourself, you wouldn't be depressed. You're welcome. You're like some of you. I, I can tell the people who are never going to come back. Listen, I love you. Just try to hang in here. We'll be done by about noon. Just sit still. It'll be all right. It's more embarrassing to walk out. Plus, I might talk to you on your way out. Listen, what it is is that you've run finally into a pastor who loves you enough to give you what you need and not what you want. For the time will come when they will not endure a sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Don't go to a pastor who gives you what you want. Go to a pastor who gives you what you need. Just to be transparent with you, when the hurricane hit, we came in here the day after, and Pastor Rodney flew down, I was like, oh, well, there's nothing we can do. You know, we've finally been shut down, never closed, never will, but I don't have a building, I don't have anything. Pastor Rodney says, you will have church on Sunday. And I went, um, yes, sir. <laughs> I don't go. My pastor is not somebody that I want. 
It's somebody that I need. Now it's transitioned into being somebody that I want, but I can tell you, because I was in the midst of my 48 hour pouty pants mode. Some of you are right there with me. Don't act all superior. Oh, I feel so bad for him. You were no different. Some of you were, some of you weren't. Oh, you're doing church on Sunday. Yes, sir. That's not what I wanted to do. I'm like, I want to go. I can listen. I have, I have scheduled depression <laughs> throughout the weekend. It's only Thursday. I got Friday, Saturday, and Sunday left to pout. And Pastor Roddy goes, no. He knows me too, personally, and he knows that I have a tendency to list that way. There's no options. He goes, do it in the parking lot. Well, I, I, well, I, yes, sir, I'm doing the freaking parking lot. We didn't have to. With Bill Fancook and Travis on the job, we just keep getting our building better and better so we don't need to do things in the parking lot. <laughs> Hebrews 6, one through three. Therefore, leaving the discussion, we don't just come to God endlessly with our garbage. That's very elementary, that is very childish, it is very immature. Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. Nobody's perfect. Who told you that? The same person who told you not to judge, same person who told you to put a mask on, same person who told you to lock down, tells you, you know what, nobody's perfect. You were instantly made perfect in Christ. Instantly. And now, only let us live up to what we have already attained, Philippians 3.16. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind. And if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal even this to you. Philippians 3.15. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. Be perfect, therefore, just as your heavenly Father is perfect. Don't take that too seriously. That's just the author and finisher of our faith. Jesus himself, Matthew 5.48. Let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God. Over and over and over again. Let me tell you about my testimony. I used to be a drug addict, then I got saved. 10 years later, here's my testimony. I used to be a drug addict, now I'm saved. 15 years later, I used to be a drug addict. 30 years, 40 years, same thing. Where are the lost being found by you? Where are the dead being raised by you? From whom much is given, much is demanded. Do you think living up to that demand is the same testimony for 50 years? The same proclamation of a growing ministry that nobody knows is growing but you? Because it's growing only inside your mind? Well, I learned some new things. I got some new books and I just keep learning. So? Who cares? What tumors have you melted? Well, I just have a deeper revelation of grace. Pfft, who cares? You have a deeper revelation of this and a deeper revelation of that, and I found a greater peace, and I found, who cares? Amen. I'll amen myself. I'm my biggest fan anyway. I'm thrilled by what I'm preaching. 
I'm thoroughly entertained. You never have to worry. Oh, you know what? I, I hope Tom doesn't leave you know, feeling bad about it. I don't. I love this. It's great. I couldn't go to any other kind of church. I'd be bored out of my mind. Out of my mind. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'd like to welcome you to Abundant Life Fellowship this morning. And, you know, let's all just sing this together. Put the words on the screen. I'm okay and you're okay. Do-da, do-da. You're a do-da, all right. Listen, religious one, pious one, this is what you need. I haven't gotten to the meat yet. You know what we're going to really talk about today? Religion. As we enter into the holiday season, we are going to talk about religion today. Because some of you really need to conquer your hang-ups with religion. That's deep obedience. Let's move beyond vacillation, shall we? In and out of sin, being hearers and not doers, takers and not givers. Well, I got one amen and one yep from Pete. Nothing to my entire left on takers and givers. So I need to preach exclusively to everybody over here because you must be a bunch of takers and ain't none of you givers. Now I got your attention. You bunch of Democrats. <laughs> well, respond next time. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. You so silence, you get ridicule. Learn to be a giver and not a taker. The left just thumped you on the right now. Let's move beyond being offended and counseled. There's people that are watching right now because they're too offended to come. There ain't nowhere else to go. If this is what you like, and I'm not just talking about me, I'm talking about the church. If this is what you like, like Ric Flair says, there's nowhere else to go. There's nothing. If you want a, if you want a church, that will never close, never has, never will, never mask, never vaxxed, never locked down, never social distance. Amen. It's not gonna close because there's too much CO2 in the air. Because you just trust me. You know, we're, we're all in this together, all the pastors say. You know, we heard that, man, the cow fart, cow fart level was so high right now that we're going to, we're, we're together, we're alone together, and we're all going to lock down. Let's all, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna Zoom service because the cow gas is so bad. You, and you, and I am kidding, but you think I'm kidding. If you'll buy into strapping a mask on your face, you're dumb. You're like, well, I wore a mask. Well, you were dumb. I, listen, what's wrong with that? Who else would say in here, I've done dumb things? For decades, my life has been governed by stupid. I'm not saying anything about you that I don't say about me. 
I've done dumb things. I spent $100 a ticket to go to Disney World to be paraded around like a cat, like a piece of cattle. Oh, I love Disney. Well, you're, well, whatever. You go in there and you got a family of four. It costs you 400 bucks to walk in there and stand in line. I pay money to go stand in line for three hours for the Pirates of the Caribbean. That's dumb. I've done dumb things. I've got out of my police car and left it in drive and watched it drive by me. Should have seen that sight. Me sprinting across the parking lot. Jumping into the window while it's smashed into a fence. Yeah, done lots of dumb things. I destroyed a house in Sarasota with fingerprint powder. Seriously. So you think I'm ridiculing you for being dumb? You put, a ma- you put a mask on your face, you think that's gonna suddenly stop a virus? Never has before. So there might be a nefarious purpose behind it. They just create a vaccine, a gene manipulator, a gene alter out of whole cloth in a year and you, you put that into your body? Dumb. But I've done dumb things too. Maybe the only difference between you and I is I've repented of my stupidity. It's certainly not that I haven't been a possessor of stupidity, because I have. Now leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let's move beyond these things. Move beyond being offended and then counseled. Move, being, move beyond sharing the same testimony for decades. Move beyond striving about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. 2 Timothy 2.14. Remind them of these things. Remind them of these things. Striving before the Lord. Not to, not to strive about, uh, about words to the ruin of the hearers. It's time to move on. Stop having endless debates about very nominal theological things, if they are theological at all. Being against and for things with fervency without biblical backing. I'm really for this. I'm really against this. Okay, what are your Bible verses? That back up you being for it and back up you being against it with such fervency. And just remember something. I'm going to tell you these, this, that nobody, something that nobody else will tell you. But the word will hold you accountable for obedience and deep obedience. What do I mean by the word will hold you accountable? The Bible? Yes. But Jesus is the Bible and Jesus is the judge. And you will be held accountable. For the Father judgeth no man, but hath committed all judgment unto the Son. That all men should honor the Son, even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son, honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. We all will be, that's John 5, 22 and 23. We will all be held accountable by the word of God. 
Not by what we are fervently for and what we are fervently against without biblical backing. We need to stop striving about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. Remind them of these things, charging them before the Lord. Not to strive about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. What's the next verse? Study to show thyself approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed. Rightly dividing the word of truth. I remember a man coming to me in this church. Long time ago though. He doesn't come here anymore. Obviously. It's a popular song at the time. You know, it's like, you've stolen my heart. Yes, you have. Remember that? Yes, you have. He came to me and goes, Tom, I'd really like to discuss something with you. I'm like, oh, man. I really don't believe that God has ever stolen anything. Pull your head out from between your butt cheeks. Pull it out. That's what you care about? Now, does he ever bring anybody to church? No. Does he ever save the lost? No. Sight to the blind? No. Provision to the poor? No. But he's really worried about striving about words to no profit to the ruin of the hearers. That's religion. We're starting to list that way now. Now I want to tell you something, like I said, that you won't hear at any other church. But they're Bible verses. Hebrews chapter one that I just read to you a moment ago, therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection. That, that chapter of scripture, Hebrews chapter six, is entitled, The Peril of Not Progressing. I repeat, the peril of not progressing. Are you telling me, Tom, that it is dangerous to not progress? Yes! The Lord your God is a consuming fire, even a jealous God. That's why Christians who don't progress have to find something. They'll go back to their old life. They'll go to alcohol. They'll go to drugs. Some of the most famous preachers, even healing evangelists and miracle workers, were drug addicts and alcoholics. Because they, ne listen, they might be performing miracles and operating in their giftings, but God's not first. Well, that's not possible. Yes, it is. Most pastors in America, God is not first. They're first, their family's first, or their ministry's first. I will lay this building down before I walk away from my personal relationship with God. Now, why is it titled The Peril of Not Progressing? Because of that pesky verse four. Then nobody ever preaches. The most important stuff is always skipped. I'll put it to you in modern day vernacular. The most important stuff is always redacted. Oh, you know, let's look at Anthony Fauci's emails, which are public record. You know that as a deputy sheriff with the Sarasota County Sheriff's Office, 1992 to 2017, every email that I wrote, public record. Every text message that I sent on my SO phone, public record. 
to the detriment of many law enforcement officers. See, we were actually the first texters. That technology was car to car first. We used to send messages to each other all the time on cars. And a lot of times, they're sending messages to girls in calm. I got caught doing that. I was single. Single and ready to mingle. <laughs> 300 pounds and available. <laughs> My buddy used to say three bills and single. That's right. Three bills, single, and ready to mingle. Every message that I sent, public record, people got fired over it. More than one. But lo and behold, when Anthony Fauci is allegedly talking about vaccines or COVID-19, everything's redacted. The royalties that the NIH gets for their gene-manipulating, gene-altering vaccine in partnership with Moderna, they're all, all altered. They're all redacted. We don't know what their royalties are. Strange, isn't it? Everything important is redacted, including by the church, because the consequences of the non-redacting is just too much, too much to bear. The consequences of the truth are a great threat. That's why a lot of you live in phony marriages. You do. You're phonies with each other. You don't, you don't communicate honestly with each other. My wife's a jerk. You know what I tell her? You're like, you mess with hope? <laughs> Heck to the yeah. I'm not going to live. Listen, I'm not going to live scared of my wife like you. See how quiet it gets in here? The women are laughing. The men aren't. I'll try to bring it back the other way if I can think of something. <laughs> I'm not going to live like that. I live in transparency. She's a jerk. I'll tell her she's a jerk. And by the way, if I'm a jerk, she tells me I'm a jerk. She's not scarred of me either. What am I going to do? Yell at her? Ooh. Why is everyone so scared of being yelled at? You must never have been a cop. This my whole life was being yelled at. You called me. Your wife just kicked your teeth in, and you called me. And now you're mad at me for arresting your wife for kicking your teeth in. You bleep, bleeping, mother bleeping, bleeping, sucking, bleeping. Your teeth are missing. You're on the way to the hospital now. You got to pick your chiclets off the floor, and you're cussing me? You know, things that need to be said aren't said in your home. You know, I was just wondering, you know, when, when are you coming home? Why? <laughs> Ask your wife sometime. Why is it, well, you know, you just need to be home. Why? <laughs> Same thing with your wife. Why exactly? I, I, listen, I understand. Well, so we can be together. Well, we're not really together. You're doing something, looking at a screen. 
I'm also looking at a screen, so why don't you just serve God instead of let's be together? If you're going to really be together, then be together. But don't demand that one or the other needs to be home so you're together doing nothing together. You're welcome. I see that all the time. Wives and husbands limiting what God has for the other person because, well, he needs to be home. I mean, how many hours a week is this going to be? Why do you care? I mean, unless it's sex all the time, I'll do whatever I want. You're welcome. Is that what's on the table? Or is it together alone like COVID? I I think you just need to be home. Why? So we can both stare at screens alone. You're in one room watching a video. I'm in another room watching a video. Or the modern day culture. I sit there and watch it all the time. We have four people in a room all staring at a separate screen. You're welcome. So I'm going to tell you something that nobody else will tell you. There's a peril to non-deep obedience. When God keeps telling you over and over and over again the same thing, it is perilous to not listen to him. Perilous, sin or not. Some of you is as simple as your step one, which you have yet to take over decades has been, be nice to your spouse. Well, I've been called to evangelism. You're not going anywhere until you're nice to your spouse. Nothing, man or woman, nowhere. God will see to it that your efforts are thwarted because you never took step one and you're trying to operate in in step 17. He's not gonna let you do it. Steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. So if you blow off one, you're not getting to three. They're ordered, not suggested, ordered. And you've known for a long time to stop being a snot rag to your spouse. Oh, what, what? That's your response, what? You refer to your wife as the old lady. Well, whatever the old lady wants. You're going nowhere. Some of you might be happy with that. Not me. I strive to serve God and please God. For doors, for divine, divine openings and divine provision. Divine appointments to open before me. You're welcome. It's quiet in here when you talk about marriage. So the peril of not progressing. What will nobody else tell you? Hebrews 6, 4 through 8. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted the heavenly gift and have become partakers of the Holy Spirit and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the age to come, if they fall away, to renew them again to repentance since they crucify again for themselves the Son of God and put him to an open shame. 
For as the earth which drinks in the rain that often comes upon it, upon it and bears herbs useful for those by whom it is cultivated receives blessing from God. But if it bears thorns and briars, it is rejected and near to being cursed whose end is to be burned. Written to the Christians in the church at Jerusalem. And most Christians believe they're eternally secure. And wrong. Why won't most pastors preach this? Because every time I preach it, somebody gets up and leaves. I care about the person, but I'd rather them leave than lie to them. Just two, two L words. I choose one. I choose leave over lie. It's a perilous thing when God tells you to stop rolling your eyes at your wife for a decade and you don't do it. It's perilous. I'm not saying you're going to hell for that. I'm saying that it will lead you to sin. When you don't listen to the deep, obedient requests of God. Listen to me, he says. Whatever it may be, he's telling you to tithe because you struggle with the love of money. Just like the rich young ruler in Luke 18, 18. He knows that you will go down for money. Why will most people take the mark of the least? Why did most people get vaccinated? Not because they were afraid of COVID. They were afraid of losing their job. They weren't afraid of COVID. They were afraid of losing their job. They were afraid of being limited. Well, I really want to go on that cruise. I really, you know, let's all get vaccinated so we can have our freedoms back. The very ones that those who want us to get vaccinated stole from us. And all the Christians go, okay. Not here, but most churches. How does it fall? In Luke chapter 8, 11 through 15, the parable of the sower. When the word is given out, there's four things that can happen. Four things. It is either stolen, fall, it's fallen away from, never progressed in, or it bears good fruit. Three out of the four are bad, and we act like in the church, four out of four are good. You know, you, well, you know what? They got saved. Fresh start, new beginning. You know, they're saved. It's all good now. No, no, no. The devil takes away. The person falls away, never progresses, is now in peril or bears good fruit. It's like the seven churches in the book of Revelation, chapter two and three. Five out of seven, not good. Smyrna and Philadelphia, the only two good ones. And we act like all is well the moment you get saved. No, the battle has begun. That's why I actually struggle. I've confessed this before to you. I actually struggle. You know, the people are like, you know, 27 people got saved today. Hey, great. I'm like, okay. I hope they make it. He shall be hated of all men for my name's sake, but he that endureth unto the end will be saved. That's the Bible. Don't love Calvinism more than the Bible. I've seen them many times in this church. Get up immediately, because they used to attend this, the old church that was here that was Calvinist, and they get up because they made the mistake of coming in here thinking it was that church. Because that old church actually lied to them and said that it was a church merge, emerging with this. There's no merge there. That's a sharp blade, cut. But they get up because they are beholden to Calvinism. 
They would never let Jesus get in the way of John Calvin. They would never let the Bible get in the way of John Calvin. They would never let the Holy Ghost get in the way of John Calvin. Just one little quiet amen there. Love you. Everything is about obedience. Now, everything that I just told you was a warm-up. Now we're going to get to the message. But we're going to get out at the same time. Don't worry. I'm especially starving this morning, so you don't have to worry. <laughs> I already have rumblings in my tumblings now. <laughs> so you don't have to worry. Everything is about obedience. Everything. Life is very easy. It is not complex. Will you obey or not? You know what the Holy Ghost tells you. You always know. Now, when you don't know is when you keep blowing him off and eventually can no longer hear that still small voice. That's the only time you don't know when the Holy Ghost is telling you things. You know. A lot of you, I just never hear him. That's because you stopped hearing him a long time ago. He used to tell you, you know what? Don't walk into that movie, movie because there's nudity in there. Well, I'll just, you know, I just won't look. But he told you not to go in. Not to go in and not look. He told you, don't go in. And when you blow that voice off, then you learn not to hear the voice. God's not mocked. If you sow spiritual deafness, that will be what you reap. And that's why your kids aren't saved. There's no discernment in your home. Because it was blown off a long time ago. Don't bring that bottle of wine into the house, the Holy Ghost tells you. Well, I know that you can drink and not be drunk and not sing. That's not what he told you. And when you learn to blow that off, it grows. Why do you tell us not to cuss, Tom? Because that's what the Bible says. Shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Well, Tom, in the hills of Tennessee, we say the S word all the time. I ain't considered a cuss word there. It's not what the Holy Ghost told you. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, is what the spirit of God says. Through the sword of the spirit, which is Jesus, which is the word of God. And you go, well, you know, it's not a cuss word in Tennessee. A, it's Florida. You live in Florida, so your argument makes no sense anyway. We're not in the hills, Tennessee. And the people in the hills of Tennessee should stop using that word. You know what the cuss word is. You should see the faces right now. I know there's a lot of Christian cussers watching me right now. And you're sitting there going, I want to keep on doing it. What's the Holy Ghost? Ask the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost about the A word. Ask him. Ask him. Ask him about the S word, the D word, the F word. Ask him. And will you be deeply obedient? Or will you operate in the peril of not progressing? 
most Christians, the love of most will grow cold. That's the gospel. Matthew 24, 13. That is the gospel. And we are in those times. And God tells you to do A, you don't question Yahweh, you do A. If I tell you to do A, you question it. I'm a person, he's not. Oftentimes it's the other way. Person tells you to do it, okay. God tells you to do it, well, I need to, well, I need to get some counsel on that. You know it's God. Everything is obedience. Here's the step of deep obedience. I have this long, long list of deep obedience, but God made me do this. I didn't even want to do it. I tried to obfuscate and go around it. But God, for some reason, wants this congregation and wants me to hear about religion. I don't know why. My office right now is a wind tunnel. It is. I should actually bring one of those massive steel machines home to my bathroom. <laughs> you can do anything you want in that bathroom. It'll be blown right out of there and then just purified in two seconds. Just click that bad boy on. That's my office is right now. So I'm sitting in there writing the message last night. And I'm like, I have my whole list of things, and I tried to do it, and God's like, yeah, I already told you what to do. He tells me on my walks a lot of times, and I record it on my phone. I pray when I'm walking. I record it on my phone. He's like, I already told you what to preach. Do what I tell you to do. All right, but that's not what I want to do. That's irrelevant. Well, I don't really like God talking to me that way. He's God. We're so Americanized. We think everything's a vote. Here's a step of, this, uh, uh, step of deep obedience, deep obedience. You must cast out religion. Now listen closely to this section right here because it is one of the most conflated issues in the body of Christ. What is religion and what is not? Obedience is not religion. Obedience is not the law. I've had Christians from this church come up to me and tell me, your work's based on the law. Oh, really? Well, you know what? I've never had my worship leader, Aaron, who's kind of named after the priest, Aaron. I've actually, so I'll just use that. I've never had Aaron say, you know what? I've never commissioned or commanded Aaron to go out and kill doves. Goats, rams, lambs. Or anything else, so it's not the law. <laughs> Obedience is the Bible. Religion is what man adds to the Bible. If it's in the Bible, if the yes is in the Bible, it's not religion. If the don't do this is in the Bible, it's not religion, it's obedience. Obedience is faith. Someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me with your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Amen. James 
You believe that there is one God, good even the demons believe that and shudder. So those are people I believe that, you know, I just live however I want, but I believe there's God, I love Jesus. No, you believe that there is one God, good even the demons believe that and shudder. You have demonic faith. So what is religion and what is ritual? Now listen, some of you need to really gird yourself up. This is gonna be very offensive to you. As Halloween approaches, wait till you hear what I say about Halloween. That will cost me at least one family in this room. It does every time. You'll make the the decision. Am I strong enough to overcome what Tom said about Halloween? (laughs) And if I am, that's real spiritual growth. No, it's not. It should just be no problem to you if we disagree about Santa Claus. Shouldn't be a problem for you. What should be a problem to you is if I say porn is fine. That should be a problem for you. One is religion, one is faith. Romans 14, law of liberty, starting in in verse one. I'm gonna dance around Romans 14. Receive one who is weak in the faith. Watch how weak is defined. Watch it. But not to disputes over doubtful things. For one believes he may eat all things, and and he who is weak eats only vegetables. Let him who eats despise, let him, let not him who eats despise him who, who does not eat. And let not him who does not eat judge him who eats, for God has received him. What? Let's look. Who are you to judge another servant? To his own master he stands or falls. See, Tom, you can't judge people. Correct about stupid religious things. That's what it says here. You are to judge about obedience. Very different thing. Obedience is actual love for God. Religious things are minutia. Whether you do Halloween or not, doesn't matter. Yeah, oh, I saw that. It's of the devil. Listen, I, so I was of the devil when I put on my Captain America costume when I was eight. And let me just blow this out. I'm gonna blow this out of the water for all of you. Every single aspect of American holidays is pagan. So if you're gonna not do one, you're gonna be fervent about it, then you can't do anything, which is fine. Just live what you speak. You can't, listen, you can't hate Halloween and love Easter. Ishtar is actually a Babylonian holiday. Whoops! Easter eggs, Easter bunny, pagan. It was the merging of the Babylonian empire with faith, with, with Christianity. You're welcome. It's like the Catholic Church. It's the merging of pagan with reality, with spiritual reality. To his own master, verse four, he stands or falls. Indeed, he will, he will be made to stand, for God is able to make him stand. One person esteems one day above another. Sabbath. Gone. Oh, Tom, how dare you say that? I'll show you. I, I stand in the Bible. 
Not because I'm afraid of what Sabbath lovers will say to me. You have to have a Sabbath. Really? Okay. Christ is the end of the law so that everyone, everyone can be justified by faith? The end of the law? Okay. One person esteems one day above another. Another esteems every day alike. Let each one be fully convinced in his own mind. If you're going to get that gum out, get it out in a hurry because you're clicking it's driving me nuts. <laughs> he who observes the day, you can't do it real quietly either because I can still hear you, especially when you're in the front row. <laughs> he who observes the day observes it to the Lord. I love Sabbaths, people will say. Okay, we'll do it unto the Lord. So Tom, I thought you were hot or cold, black or white. Obedience, yes. Religion, eh. Because that's what the Bible is, believe it or not. When it comes to religious things, God is like pretty much, don't go offend people. If they hate Santa Claus, don't go over to their house dressed as Santa Claus. There's no license for fornication, though. There's no license for lying. There's no license for profanity. Those are yeses and noes. Very different. With the exception of profanity, those are heaven and hell issues. You can, you can have Santa Claus all over your house. You can hand out candy as, as a, for trick-or-treat and go to heaven. Addicted to porn? Hell. Difference. Everybody see it? I did this I did this before. I did it with sin versus non-sin. Now we're doing it with religion versus sin. Most people have already started to stream out. This ruins people. What's very important to them, what's very important to them is their religion, not their faith. They have no power, so they gotta have something. And their, their power is actually self-empowered men. They put a cross on. They wear a cross. You know, Tom, I really believe that every church should have a cross. Where's that in the Bible? Where? 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 Why does every church need to have a Bible? Explain that to me. I had somebody put out there, and it was, actually, it was great because Pete, our guitar player, he's our bass player this morning, corrected them online over Facebook. Or I got blasted because I didn't do church on Christmas Sunday morning. I can do whatever I, whatever I want. Because we did a Christmas Eve service. So I said, you know what? We're not doing Christmas Sunday morning. It's Sunday. It was Sunday, Christmas Day. I went, no. And people, uh, I will find a place to be in church on Christmas Day. Um, dummy, A, Jesus was not born on December 25th. <laughs> B, Jesus wasn't born in December. You're a dummy to be fervent about it. Listen, if you want to do it, then just don't be fervent about it. Don't put on Facebook, blasting your own church, which, by the way, I was paying for his missionary trips. Thousands of dollars for him to go to Haiti, and I hope that he's watching. Because you look at, look at me, bud. Your, your initials are CW. You're a dummy. You are. You're a dummy. The very church that's supporting your ministry, you're gonna worry about a day? I will find a heart for being on Christmas Sunday. No wonder nobody gets saved when you go down to Haiti. 
welcome. Let me lube the tubes in the for the final 10 minutes. He who observes the day observes it to the Lord. He who does not observe the day to the Lord, he does not observe it. God doesn't take it seriously. Why do you? you t- what happens is Christians go off track. They get deflected into the nonsensical, and then everybody's fornicating, everybody's lying. Because these things get lumped into the same thing. It's called conflation, which I'll get to in a minute. He who eats, eats to the Lord. You want to be a vegetarian under the Lord? Good. You want to be a mediator under the Lord? Then don't go make the vegetarian mad. Why? Oh, look, look at me eat. You're, 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 a, you're stupid. Mm, uh, what, what's the point? Are you winning that person? You're like, well, if, you, if the person was fornicating and you tell them, big difference between broccoli and fornication. See the conflation? Therefore, let us not judge one another, verse 13, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in your brother's way. When it comes, now it's not a stumbling block to go up to the fornicating brother and tell him, you're going to hell. It's a stumbling block to go up to the vegetarian and say, what are you doing? And being all firm, or going up to the person who reads the NIV Bible instead of the king, I believe there all should be King James. And we all should be, we all should be singing exclusively out of the hymnals. It's religion. Why are you so fervent about a hymnal and a ping pang hall? Why? Be fervent about healing. Be fervent about sin. Be fervent about heaven and hell. Be fervent about repentance. Not here comes Santa Claus, here comes. Oh, Satan! Take the end off of that. Add, the, add an end to Santa. It's all on purpose, Satan. The only thing real about Christmas is the thing that Christians hate the most. Saint Nick actually existed, and he is the focus of the ire of most Christians. You're welcome. See, everyone gets quiet. You're afraid. You're afraid to stand up for Santa. You shouldn't care. If one person likes them, fine. Very different when it comes to lying or idolatry or adultery. Very different things, but are conflated together. So why, Tom, should I shed religion? Because God seems to be good with it. No, he calls you the weaker brother. What does that mean? The person who's fervent about either one, doing it or not doing it. If you are very fervent, you're like, I'm going to rid the church of the Easter Bunny. You're religious, just like the person following the Easter Bunny. See, that's what it is. I'm going to rid the church of Halloween. You're as religious as the person who's putting a ghost costume on. You shouldn't be fervent about it. Listen, it doesn't mean if people come up and ask you, you tell them. Doesn't mean you can't talk about it. Tell us, share your opinions. But what you should be fervent about is the elementary principles of Christ 
of obedience and then moving on to the miraculous. That's what you should be fervent about, not establishing the hymnal inside the church. All those people are very fervently religious who do nothing for God. People squabble over this stuff. Verse 14 of, of Romans 14. 14, 15, 14, 15, 19, and 20. Here we go. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing. Everybody say, everybody yell that word out loud. Ready? Nothing. Unclean of itself. What about Harry Potter? <laughs> the focus of ire in the church. Now listen, I drew that line. We didn't do any Harry Potter in the house. But have you ever, have you ever watched Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit? What's the difference? What's the difference? You have witches, warlocks, witchcraft. Now listen, I drew that line, but you know how fervent I am about it? None. I don't sit there, I remember when Harry Potter movies were coming out. What's her name, J.K. Rowling? Before she became the most hated person from the left, from the left. They all hate her now because she actually says women are women and men are men, so now they all hate her. Even though she's pro-choice and everything else, they all hate her now. But I was coming out of like a Mission Impossible movie, one of those Tom Cruise movies coming out, probably a date night with Norma, my, my daughter, and we were coming out, and they were lining up for the Harry Potter thing. I mean, all these Harry Potter people in full costume. <laughs> from here to the brown doors, lined up, man. They're all with their witches' outfits on and warlock outfits on and wands. I didn't go, avert your eyes! <laughs> I just went into a movie that there was fornication in. Ooh. I remember a relative of mine talking about Seinfeld. Oh, that's not allowed in this house. Oh, no, it's Harry Potter. Harry, that's not allowed in this house, but Seinfeld is. Seinfeld, okay, so you're fine with fornication, profanity, lying, but not witchcraft. If you're watching it and not doing it, listen, if you're watching it, it's not smart. It's not smart. Guard your heart. It's not smart. It's not sin. Unless you're lusting. See the difference? Does everybody see the lines that are never preached in church anymore? So everybody thinks that being stupid is the same as lying. Well, you can be stupid and go to heaven. You can be depressed and go to heaven. But you can't watch porn and go to heaven. See the difference? Nothing is unclean of itself, but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. God is laissez-faire about religion. Yet if your brother is grieved because of your food, just can't get off of food, big deal back then, you are no longer walking in love. I've had a man who was sleeping with his girlfriend correct our band because they had Red Bulls on the stage. I don't, I don't, I don't believe that's a proper example. You, if you die today, you're going to hell, and everybody on that stage drinking Red Bulls going to heaven. And you're offended by their food. I don't really agree with the worship leader wearing a hat. He said that too. 
that hat-wearing worship leader will pass through the judgment of God unfettered. You, on the other hand, will be grabbed up by the nape of your neck and thrown into the lake of fire. But all the while, on your way down, oh, I hate Red Bull. Oh, I hate hats. <laughs> and throw Santa in there, too. Therefore, let us pursue things which make for peace and things by which may edify another. You don't make peace with your brother who's fornicating. You expel the wicked man from among you. It's talking about if you have a vegetarian brother, you let them be vegetarian. Keep your mouth shut unless they ask you differently. If you have a King James only brother and it really bothers him that you're an NIV person, you don't go up to him. Let it be King James only. Do not, verse 20, do not destroy the work of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for a man who eats with offense. I hate Halloween, but I do fall festivals and trunks and treats. What's the difference? You think the Holy Ghost is going to decipher between those two? Trunk or treat? Good. Fall festival? Good. Halloween? Horrible. Well, Halloween is of the devil. You know, there's different there's arguments about the origins. People have differing opinions about the origin. You know why? Because nobody knows. People think it comes from hallowed be thy name. People think it comes from, from the devil. Well, you know what that was when I was a kid? Costume time, costume, the two C's, costumes and candy. It was never of the devil for me, so you leave that person alone. One of the families that left the church because of my preaching about Halloween, she confronts me at the door. I don't agree with you on the Halloween thing. Okay. I said, let me ask you a question. Do you have a basket of candy that you hand out to kids? Well, yes. So all the kids celebrating Halloween, you hand them candy. You hand out candy. And you're worried about me saying that if you want to do Halloween, do it. You are doing it. See how dumb people are who are religious? You get dumber. The more religious you get, the dumber you get. Because the spirit is not about religion. Yes, he's about, he is about obedience. That is breathing. That's taking in oxygen as a believer. You are not alive if you're not obedient. But you can be alive and religious or non-religious. Well, I hate Halloween, but I do trunk or treat. Your glorying is not good. Know ye not that a little leaven, leaven at the whole lump, let your yes be yes or your no be no. For whatever is more than these is from the evil one. Matthew 5, 37, 1 Corinthians 5, 6. Just do it. Listen, we've had a lot of people that have been hurt by hypocrisy. One year, Christmas is on. Next year, they come. Think about it as a small child. This is what, oh man, I'm not gonna get finished this thing. Think about this as a small child. Well, one year you come in 
and there's a Christmas tree. And then next year, dad gets religious. So now there's no Christmas tree. So then dad goes to a different church. They tell him to be free. And there's a Christmas tree. <laughs> then he goes to a different church. And the next year, he's wearing a head covering and no Christmas tree. It's all pagan. Everything about Christmas is pagan. Stockings, pagan. Ornaments, pagan. Christmas trees, pagan. So you know, this is just, this is a public service. And Christians fight about these things. If we're going to fight about something, then if I come up to you and say, if you're sleeping with your girlfriend, you're going to go to hell if you do. Let's fight about that. But please, let's not fight about Santa Claus, Easter, and Halloween. Or Thanksgiving. Well, I really don't agree with the celebrating Thanksgiving because, you know, the pilgrims were eating with the paganist Indians. Why don't you just go home and pull out each one of your arm hairs one by one? <laughs> that, that would be more enjoyable than listening to you speak. <laughs> Tom, you sound like a, 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 a battle-wearied veteran. When it, yes, I am. You see people, they're so fervent about things that make no difference and not fervent at all about things that make every difference. They're very fervently anti-Harry anti Potter, but their daughter's dating a guy and they're having sex and they're going to hell. And they don't care about that at all. Well, she has a good heart. She doesn't. This is real church now. Second yeah. 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 Timothy 2.23. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. Colossians 2.16. Let no one judge you in food or drink. Listen to this now. Or regarding a festival. Except if it's Halloween, not the Bible. Or a new moon or Sabbaths. There's entire denominations that are based on honoring that which God doesn't even recognize. He doesn't recognize Sabbaths anymore. There's Sabbath principle of taking rest. But as far as a special day, gone. It's not important anymore. That was part of a an old covenant, a symbolic righteousness that has been replaced by a Holy Ghost, blood-bought righteousness. You don't need priests anymore. There's one God and one mediator between God and men. You don't need that anymore. You don't need Sabbaths anymore. Well, you don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. But if our church service was Friday, it's Friday. It doesn't matter. Well, I don't agree with that. Okay, you're fervent. Okay, if you talk like that, you're fervent. So if you're fervent, give me, give me the Bible verses. 
And you had better be well-armed. People are going to probably come to me today. I just don't agree with you. Listen. Quoting ACDC. <laughs> Pull the trigger. You had better be well-armed because I've got all of this memorized. Memorized. Don't come to me without Bible verses. And don't bring me, don't bring me the law. New Testament, because I've got every one of these verses that I've used today, right here, and a whole lot more. Shoot the thrill. Ready to kill. All right, 12.07, we'll be done at 12.10. Aaron, ready yourself, just kind of, as a matter of fact, worship team, come on up, just so people can trust me that I'm gonna end. <laughs> I wanna finish with the conflation portion of this, just so I'm clear. The conflation of religion and obedience, this will be brief, I'm gonna be done at 12.10. The definition of conflation is the merging of two or more sets of information, texts or ideas into one. Here's an example. This is what religious people will say. You know, too many people are worried about saying a cuss word, what a trans person is doing, what homosexuals are doing, divorces, abortions, a few lies here and there, waiting till you're married to have sex. And everybody's worried about this, and nobody's feeding the poor. No, no, no. They deserve a rebuke. If they are doing, if there's cussing, if they're trans, if they're homosexual, if they're divorcing without adultery, if they are committing the murder of abortion, if they're lying like the devil who is the father of lies, that's obedience. Those people must be corrected before the hellbound go out to feed the hellbound. I remember a pastor who purposely cussed from the pulpit. And he says, many of you, are more concerned about me cussing than about compassion for the community. You're a Democrat and you're biblically unsound. You should be worried about to obey is better than sacrifice. I'll finish right there. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, feeding the poor, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? To obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because you have rejected the word of the Lord. He also has rejected you from being king. He said that to Saul, who was performing good works in the name of the Lord, but was not obedient. Everybody get it? That's the conflation. Stand with me. Praise you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Important time, Christians be praying. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Don't be the jerk who's gonna show me. I'm gonna show him, not gonna listen. You need to get right with God this morning. Christian, I'll talk to you first. In all honesty, it doesn't matter if you've said a sinner's prayer in the past, if you're living in sin now. I didn't say that you struggle with sin, you sin, you get it right. I said living in sin. 
living in sin, concession to sin, moved in with the girl, watching porn every day, lying all the time, cheating all the time. Concession to sin, not struggling with sin. If that's you, you're living in a hell-bound lifestyle right now. Right now, you're living a hell-bound lifestyle. Maybe some of you have never been saved, ever. Maybe the people around you think that you are. Mom thinks that you are. Dad thinks that you are. And you think that you're fooling people. You might be fooling people, but you're not fooling God. Maybe you've never been saved. Maybe it's your first time in a church. And you know there's something else because life is empty. That something else is a personal, non-religious relationship with Jesus through the forgiveness that he offers by his shed blood at the cross. If that's you this morning, backslidden believer, or somebody who's never been saved, if that's you, every head bowed, every eye closed, I'm your witness. If that's you, stretch out your hand this morning, right where you're at. Stretch out your hand. That's all I'm gonna ask you to do. I'm not gonna have you come forward. I'm not gonna embarrass you. I'm not gonna call you out. Several hands have gone up. Any more? Last, there you go. Anybody else? Put them up. I'm not gonna do anything to you, I promise you. You're gonna pray a prayer right where you're at with everybody else. That's it. Nothing. I'm not gonna bring you forward, not bringing you into a back room. All right, you can put them down. Anybody who, who you wish that you had responded and you didn't, last chance right now. If that's you, stretch your hand up right where you're at. Right where you're at. Right where you're at. I'm waiting for you. One last person. Those of you who lifted up your hand, the entire church is going to pray this prayer with you. You, pr you pray it directly to the Almighty God of Israel. In Jesus' mighty name, and you are saved. Jesus said, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So pray this prayer. The entire church will pray it, praying it out loud with you, but you pray it directly to God. Are you ready? Here we go. Lord, everybody pray this out loud. Lord Jesus, I receive you now as my Lord and as my Savior. I now turn from my sin and I turn my life completely and totally over to you in your mighty name. Church shouts, amen. Simple as that, amen? Amen. Did you get something out of this today? You're standing strong in the Lord and the power of His might in the midst of the aftermath of the storm. Are you standing strong? You're full of the joy of the Lord. Amen. If you need anything, come see me. Come see the people in the church. We'll do all that we can to help you. Every hand in the air. From this Sunday to the next, we receive the blessings of God in Jesus' mighty name. Church shouts. Amen. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.